podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports for Dummies podcast. This is episode two of series three, and I'm back with hope to discuss all the things about sports and the world of sports. Whether you know anything or nothing about sport, this is the podcast for you. If you want to learn something new, catch up with us, have a bit of fun. This is what it's all about here at Sports for Dummies. And Hope, how are you doing? Oi, oi! Doing well. Doing well. I'm excited for the weekend because I'm going to Liverpool Stadium to go on a tour and I haven't paid for it. My cousin treated me. Oh, what a legend. What's your cousin's name? Inchy Sweet, Sophie. Sophie, you absolute legend. What an absolute legend. Do you know what? She's my baby cousin. She's five years younger than me and I still see her as a baby. Really? Yeah. I mean, she, I'm what? I'm 25. She's, she's 19 at the moment. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So she's a baby. Yeah, yeah. A youngling. Yeah, and I'm the old lady taking her out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she's paying for it. Well, I, I'm going to see her. So I've paid, for, we're staying in an apartment. Right, two for so one. I've obviously paid for the apartment because I'm like, I'm coming to see you. Yes. And you don't have to stay with me. You've got, you've got your mum's house, but you can come stay with me if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was like, I'm not letting you, but I'm not letting you pay for the apartment. So I think she felt like she could pay for the tour. And apparently it wasn't too expensive. Oh, good. Well, that's good news. Well, have a class time. We're ready for all the content and the photos here at Sports Dummies, of course. Oh, People, keep... Yeah, come on. Liverpool. Liverpool. Keep your eyes on the prize, everybody, because Hope will be posting stuff at the stadium. Um, we're expecting some big content, Hope. I am ready for it. I'm ready for it, too. Story number one of the week, Hope. We're going to be discussing, of course, the headliner at the moment is Mr. Kurt Zuma. Yeah, he is not very popular at the moment. No, and he has caused lots of issues. So the news today, Hope, at the time of recording, says that a second West Ham United sponsor has withdrawn its support from the club, uh, of course, after the backlash of Mr. Kurt Zuma. The first sponsor, yeah, so it's quite a big hope. So actually, club sponsors have said, you know what, they're cutting ties and they're done. So, oh, go on. Right, so from from what I know, I didn't see the video. Yeah. But it was him being abusive to his cat. Cats. Cats, cats, yeah. sir. Didn't he kick one? And then he started to attack the other, like physically. And in front of his little boy. Yes. To a camera. Yeah. And then I know that it's led to the RSPCA taking the cats off him and he could be getting fined. And there's a conversation as to whether he should be allowed to play for West Ham or not, if it should yeah. be the end of his career or not. I did not know about these sponsors. No, so there you go. So that is the big news, Hope, that I also didn't know about either. So we'll get to all of that in just a second. Um, so yeah, the first sponsor to go was Vitality, and that's West Ham's wellness partner. Now, they've suspended sponsorship with like immediate effect, which basically is saying that they won't sponsor them again, I can imagine. I mean, they might do in the future, but chances are it won't happen. And then the second sponsor to go, I don't know the company, but they're called Experience Kissimmee. And they're the tourism authority for the Escola County in Florida. So that I think they're West Ham's, one of West Ham's partners for like travel. And of course, Zuma has also had his sponsorship deal with Adidas cut. So they've cut ties completely. Um, so he now doesn't have a boot sponsor anymore. So it's actually been quite a catastrophic week for him. I mean, a lot of people were upset to see him play the other day because obviously the news kind of broke and then he was on the pitch that night. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people weren't happy about that. Well, the other big news hope is about the French authorities. There's been lots of talk in France at the moment. So there's there's a rule in France, which is according to Article 113.6, which I assume is part of the French Penal Code. And it says a French citizen can be prosecuted for criminal act convicted abroad. So because this was an act, obviously, of violence that can be prosecuted in the court of law, 
I believe that then means that he can basically be arrested in England and then I assume maybe deported back to France or taken to France. I'm not sure how that would work, but he then would face four years in prison possibly for the kicking and slapping of his of his cats. Um, and a legal complaint was basically filed against the 27-year-old in Paris. Now, this led to lawyers for the 30 Million Friends Foundation, which is apparently the largest animal rights group in, in France. I assume equivalents like the RSPCA effectively. Mm. Uh, they then contacted prosecutors. And of course, this whole process has kind of unveiled. Um, but that's right. So as you said, so he did start for West Ham the night after this all kind of came about. And David Moyes basically said, he's one of our better players. The club are dealing with it. So it's a separate matter. He got booed every time he got the ball. And Watford um, Watford started singing a chant, actually. And of course, this is all quoting. So this isn't me saying whether it's good or bad. This is simply just me being a neutral. Yeah, and so delivering this. the information. That's right. Um, he actually went down and was injured. And Watford fans started singing at him. That's how your cat feels. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, it was quite, quite a nasty reaction. Now... Again, we can talk about it, regardless of what people think. The video is disgraceful, and his behaviour is just. Have you seen bizarre. it? Yes, I've watched it. It's just bizarre. It's just odd. Like he picks up his cat and just boots it, and it's like, it's like, why? It's, it's just so, it's so strange. And then he starts chasing it, and it's like, I don't know if it was for fun. I mean, I don't know. And he did apologise actually, but it was quite a, you know, it was a bit of a pathetic. Yeah, probably apology. because he's been told to apologise by his yeah. PR company. I. I would love to know why he done it. Why did he feel that that was okay to do? For one thing. Also, I'm really surprised that sponsors can just strip their contracts straight away. Yeah. I'm surprised that's a thing. Yeah, lots of, and but that's the thing, lots of companies can, I agree. It's, it's a big thing. But obviously, at the end of the day, Hope, they lose money because the idea of the sponsorship is that, you know, they are promoted at well, They lose clubs. money and they're also kind of, is it is it tarred with the same brush? Is that the right phrase? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But yeah, you're, so but, but people you're right. are going to think, oh, vitality, cats. Yeah, and but the the thing about vitality, hope as well, kind of is quite an uh, quite an iconic thing. Is the vitality sponsor? And, I, and again, I you can't quote me because I don't know too much about vitality and what they do. But actually, when you watch them on the telly with the vitality sponsor, I think their uh, their logo is a sausage dog, and he kind of like plods along on the on the billboard. So obviously, that is to do with animals as well. So that would be another reason I'd I'd probably say why they'd cut ties. Again, I don't know about the experience Kissimmee thing, but vitality I can kind of see a link. But it certainly has raised a lot of a lot of questions about the mentality of footballers and just general issues. Footballers? I think that's a little bit harsh. It, what, what do you mean by that? Because I feel like, okay, that's probably been said because there's been a lot of abusive, uh, abuse kind of scandals that have come to light, whether that's been about animals like in this situation or yeah. against women. But I don't think that's a, that's not a football problem. That is a societal problem. And that would happen all those sorts of things happen in all walks of life, no matter what job you do. It's just the fact that footballers are on a higher platform and it's talked about then. People know about it. But it happens everywhere. So changing, making the rules of football, like, oh, if you do that, you can't do this. Or trying to, trying to, trying to blame footballers' mentality as to why these things are happening, I think is wrong. Because it's not footballers. No, it's people. It's people. Yeah. So it should be a whole societal thing everyone everyone working on it not just do you know what i mean yeah and no and but there's been there's lots of people have raised lots of questions like, there's a tweet that i saw from a man called curtis shaw um now he actually i think he tweeted something very powerful so i'll read this out so he tweets what zuma did was wrong and he deserves punishment but he doesn't deserve to lose his career marcus alonso killed someone while drink driving and was fined sixty one thousand pounds Luis Suarez was fined £65,000 for biting a player. Suarez was also fined £40,000 for racially abusing Evra. 
Double standards, why? The other thing that happened, Michael Antonio was questioned in his car about this incident, and he said, I've got a question for you. Do you think what he's done is worse than racism? I'm not condoning a thing that he's done. I don't agree with what he's done at all. But there's people that have been convicted and caught of racism that have played football afterwards. They got punished, an eight-game punishment or something like that, but people are now calling for people to be sacked and to lose their livelihood. I've just got I just got to ask this question to everyone out there. Is what he's done worse than what people have done that have been convicted for racism? And that's a question that has now actually been trending on social media because actually, the I, again... I think lots of things are they're completely different instances and stuff. But he's exactly right. There are so many instances of footballers, even footballers hurting other people. Wayne Rooney came out yesterday, Hope. And, and again, I'll let you speak in just one second, sorry. Um, Rooney came out in an interview saying that he, actually, and you can hear it, it's quite quite dark, but he's said multiple times he's tried to hurt footballers intentionally while playing with studs and like you know trying to do crunching tackles. And you look at that and go, again, I'm not saying that what Kurt Zimmer did was right in any way. But there are lots of footballers who have done horrible things who are still playing the game. Why is it Zuma that this has all happened now? Because people can empathise more with animals than they can other people. And that is a human problem that we have got at the moment. That's why the thing about racism, people raise that, is because people who are white can feel more sorry for an animal than they can for another human being because they're being abused because of the colour of their skin. It's completely wrong. There shouldn't be a, a thing, but that's the reason. Mm. No, I agree. People feel like it's like you know, it's people watch films sometimes, and if a dog dies in a film, they're like, "Oh, I can't go on." Yeah. And if someone, if a person dies, it's like, "Meh." Yeah. You know, I mean? I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm like, I'm like you. I'm not saying that I think what he done was not bad. I think it was terrible what he done. How can you treat something so helpless like that? Something that you're meant to take care of and protect. A little animal who can't say what they're thinking or whatever. Yeah. How can you treat something like that? But there is a, it's quite a sinister human thing. Mm. No, I agree. I, I think regardless, I hope this kind of situation brings to light, whether Zuma plays or not again, mm. That I, I think that's beside the point. The point is that footballers should all be on the same level playing field when it comes to, if you have done something wrong, you should be judged in the same boat as someone else who has done something. It shouldn't be that, and again, I'm, I completely agree with exactly everything you said in terms of people empathise more with animals than they do with people in terms of especially something like this. But again, the, the, that, the fact that this incident has highlighted that is a real issue. And I think that also the fact as well that he was played the next day, if it was if he come out and said, you know what, I apologise for everything I've done. I'll be dropped for the team and I'll do 100 hours community service working with, I don't know, an animal welfare society or, or an animal people will turn around and go okay that's good he's acknowledged what he's done is wrong but it's because all of a sudden he turns around he gives this kind of puny you know i'm sorry message david Moyes doesn't defend him the club haven't said anything either it's just really weird it's like that i just think the whole incident is very bizarre and to comment on whether he deserves to lose his career or not is another issue but i think the fact that sponsors have cut ties so quickly says a lot about how they feel towards animal rights is what i'd comment um, animal rights or just what people think of their company and money is what I'd say. Or damaging, but da but having their company's re like reputation tarnished. Yeah. yeah, it's probably not because they're actually helping any animals. They might be. No. They might be. But you know what I'm saying? It's a business, yeah. it's a business strategy. Um, I mean, the other side of how we said there that people empathise more with animals than, than people. I can understand that people may feel that way because we can communicate. Mm. And we can maybe fight back or whatever the case may be, but an animal can't. So I can appreciate that. Um, but yeah, 
I, I, I feel like actually, you know how you said that all players should be on a level playing field mm. for all of it. I think all people should be on a level playing field. You shouldn't be able to buy yourself out of a crime. No, which is and, what happens. And that's and unfortunately, I I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know what the rules are in France, but to be honest. I would, and I again, I'm not a betting man, but if I had to put chocolate coins on it, my bet would be that Kurt Zuma will not go to jail or face any punishment in any form because he's a footballer, and that happens all the time. That he'll pay. Obviously, he's already had his wages docked by West Ham. I suspect he will have an enormous fine for, of some form from the government or possibly the French government, and he'll continue playing. He might not necessarily play for France again, but I, I mean, I don't know. I know in France there are a lot more. Um, from what I understand as well, they're, they're a lot more critical of the government and things and they come down harder than, than the UK might do. But well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Either way, I think regardless of all the things we've discussed, what he did is completely wrong and inhumane and just vile. And actually the video was just weird. And I just hope that he actually learns from his mistake or mistakes because multiple things happened in that silly video. Um, and, well, uh, and that's all. That's what was caught on camera, but you don't know what happened behind closed doors. No, exactly. And then that's the point, yeah. Also, um the kind of punishment side of it has kind of a, it's like a coin double-sided because one side of it is if you punish him, that seems, it seems harsh. Yeah. Going to prison. That's, that seems harsh to me. On the other side of that, if he doesn't get any punishment or a harsh punishment like going to prison, if that's what the max thing should be, then that kind of sets a precedent, precedent for other people that that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, back in the medieval or Tudor times, they would have made examples of people. They cut their heads off and stuck them on a pole and said, don't trespass or don't do this because you'll end up like this. Yeah. But we don't have that anymore. So it's, it's, it won't be healthy for, a, for what it may set as an example. Please note as well, Hope is not saying that we needed to cut, cut no. his head off and, and put no. it on a pole. But you're right. In terms of making an example of... <laughs> I'm not saying that, but you know no. what I'm saying. Yeah, In terms of Same making example. an example of somebody needs to be done because it's like... But that's right. And I think actually, I hope that people also hope regardless of, of, I hope he can be made as an example of people that are out there in the world, regular people, you know, people that aren't in the in the limelight, that are abusing animals that realise that actually what they're doing is completely inhumane and wrong and shouldn't be done. Um, but I hope in some form that he can he can apologise properly. And that if I'm honest, if, if in terms of punishment, I would rather him not be punished. I'd rather him come out and say, Do you know what, I'm going to start working with an animal society for a year and learn about how to treat pets properly and that sort of thing. I think that would be brilliant rather than going four years in jail, bam. And I'm not saying that's a people, bad thing. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't think that's a good thing though, Lewis. No, but I think actually sometimes it's important to teach people what they've done wrong. But I agree, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated issue. But anyway, that right there for you, Hope, is story number uno. Hope, moving on to story number two. Now, this is also quite a controversial story. And again, at the time of recording, please, for everyone listening, please note, this is the most up-to-date news I had. So this might have changed by the time you listen. So we're talking, Hope, about the Winter Olympics and a 15-year-old called Camilla Valieva. Okay. Have you heard anything about her? No, I have not. Okay, well, interesting story for you. Quite controversial, as I said, um, but very interesting. So a teenage Russian figure skater by the name of... Um, Camilla Valieva, a 15-year-old, has possibly tested positive for a banned drug, which is called trimetazidine. All I know it's called is TMZ, so we'll just call it that. It seems to be the most simple way of saying it. I think I've heard of this drug before. Yeah, it's actually quite common. TMZ apparently increases blood flow to the heart and limits rapid swings in blood pressure. So how I 
perceive it the way that I kind of see it if that makes sense is that you know when you're running really really hard and you can feel your heart really pumping like properly properly pumping and you get tired <laughs> I don't think I ran that fast since I was at primary school but no, yeah so, but, <laughs> you know what you mean? but like that I, I but I think that it basically keeps your heart at level playing field when you're going really hard. I don't entirely know, um, but it has been banned since 2014. And it, apparently the the US Anti-Doping Agency have said that TMZ is used by athletes to improve performance and then also endurance sports. So sports that, you know, require like lots of fitness, one of which, of course, is mm. figure skating. This young girl called Valieva was absolutely phenomenal. So she was part of the Russian Olympic Committee uh, Ensemble that actually won the figure skating of, like team event on Monday. She was insane. And she is the officially the first woman who has landed quadruple jumps in an Olympic competition. When you watch her, she is... That's four jumps in the air. Yeah. Insane. But obviously, the only thing is hope it might not be allowed because she was possibly taking this drug. So if it is, it didn't count. So that's where it's really difficult to kind of go on, Hope, talk to me. Yeah. One, I feel like 2014 is not that, it's, it's quite recent, yeah. really, in terms of saying, right, you can't have this drug anymore. Um, also, how stupid do you need to be to be taking any kind of drugs when you know that doping is such a thing and you will get found out? How stupid can you be? I don't know. And it's weird. But the thing is, the thing that's even weirdest about this, as I said, at the time of recording, this is all we know. So I'm sure by the time this goes out, people will know more. But basically what's happened is the Russian Olympic Committee and the IOC, so that's the International Olympics Committee, have refused to confirm it was her. So lots of the big newspapers and headlines are pointing at her because of her amazing performance and because of how well she did and kind of people were not expecting her. I mean, again, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal figure skater. She's incredible. But to, to do a quadruple jump is like, I mean, I mean, when you watch it, it's like logic defying. It, it literally, my, me and my friend watched it. Her her performance. She actually, uh, I think she danced to the Nutcracker, and it was like, oh, I don't know, if dance is the right word. Either way, perform to the nut, <laughs> perform to the Nutcracker, and you're sort of sitting there going, "How are you doing that?" Like, it, I mean, it's insane. So, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Oh well, if it's not her, that's not nice. No, her name it, being it, dragged through the mud. Yeah, if it isn't her, it isn't nice. But why can't uh, they just confirm who it is? I don't know, because I think. It's, oh, it's very complicated. So I don't know how much you know. And again, this is about sports. I mean, breaking it down in simple terms. Of course, Russia have been competing at the games without their flag and national anthem due to previous violations. So they're not competing under Russia. They're obviously the Russian Olympic Committee. So, ah, yes. Yeah. So I wonder if actually they're not doing it because they don't want that name tarnished as well. Because then they've had Russia as tarnished and then the Russian Olympic Committee tarnished too. Now, Valieva and the four Russian skaters were due to train on Wednesday. That didn't happen. Um, they didn't turn up. And again, at the time, that was unclear why that happened. And then this whole story about doping came out. Now, we know for a fact, it, it was pretty much 100% confirmed, someone out of the four has doped. There's no doubt. So if they found out that it was it was one of those four, the Russian Olympic Committee will lose their gold. And then, of course, um, Valieva won't be able to compete. Or in the end, whoever it is won't be able to compete. But it'll be a real shame, actually, for, for a 15-year-old to go to this tournament. Oh, well, sorry, this Olympics, knowing that she was going to dope, did, and then obviously get caught and lose her kind of credibility. Well, that kind of raises more questions because she's a minor. Yeah. So, so has someone told her to, that that's a good idea? Has someone encouraged her to do that? And then that could lead to more of an investigation because is she really responsible? No, exactly. Do you I know mean, what I'm saying? That's no. quite an interesting... Uh, I mean, it might... It also hope Quite an interesting it, angle I came out with there. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. It could, because oh. actually, it could... 
it could extend the ban. So Russian Russia, sorry, are currently banned from competing in international sporting events until December 2022. So that is the earliest that they can then compete. Now, of course, as I said, Russia can compete as a neutral athlete or, of course, the the ROC, basically. But if it comes out that she has doped and that they get effectively the ROC get done for doping again or effectively cheating again, does that mean that the ROC then get banned or does Russia's does Russia's ban then get extended? It's very complicated how that's all going to kind of play Oh, well, out. it would have to be the new club, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, then the, what's, what's stopping them then doing another one? No, exactly. And it's... But it is very poor, the fact that they've gone there and competed. But anyway, so that that is the story. Um, Do you win money when you win a medal? Yes. But I think it's... It makes more sense why people would dope them. No, and also, don't forget, it's national pride too. If you're a 15-year-old going home saying that you've won a gold medal... But it's national shame if you've... Well, exactly. Well, that's the alternative. But then... (laughs) It's all, but that's the thing. It, it depends on how you look at it. Because in one sense, you got, if you can dope and get away with it, because loads of people did. You know, if you have a documentary for oh, who was that man who was a cyclist? Yes, for years. Is that what you're about to say? Well, I watched that documentary. Right, says two. Lance Armstrong doped him. that. So him. But the documentary to watch for those listening that don't or haven't ever watched this is called Icarus. Now, Icarus, again, I won't spoil the story, but I don't know if you've seen this. Hope Icarus is in a fantastic, fantastic documentary, and it's about this cyclist who dopes he, he's not a professional but he starts doping and he gets into the world of doping and sees how much his body improves once he dopes and then it kind of uncovers this whole story about doping again won't spoil it genuinely one of the best sporting documentaries i could recommend it is fantastic i think it's available on netflix it genuinely is it's astonishing it's ringing bells for me i think i might have interviewed the man behind that really i think and hope moving into our final story, we are going to story number three, which is related to Tottenham and the Super Bowl, which actually is in good fashion because, of course, the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Hey, the bagels! <laughs> Where's the lads? Now, this is quite big news, actually, in the world of American sport in general. It's been quite a big story out in the US, less so here. But again, we're bringing you all the sports stories from the week that are importante. Now, it looks as if Spurs are lining up a historic bid for the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl, of course, is played in the US, but they might be taking on, as in Spurs, might be taking on the chance to host a Super Bowl in London in 2026. Hope's already shaking her head. No. There you go. Why is that? No. I'm going to sound like my mum here, but everything always comes over from America to here. Not all of it's good. I'm not saying the Super Bowl isn't good, but we don't need it. I mean, okay, pros, tourism. Okay, a new sport people might fall in love with. Okay, it won't be on at three o'clock in the morning. But it's not ours. I'm and it's not fair And it's not fair for people who are American to have to come over here. Because the majority of people who like it are probably in the States. Thing is, Hope, we're going to unwrap it all. We're going to like... All a, right, all right, okay. You know, like a Lindor chocolate, we're going to twist those things and you're going to see the... Oh, the nice cold ball inside. Exactly. We're How gonna do get they keep to... it cold, Lewis? That is, anyone working at Lindor, please drop us an email or, or a tweet. Just let us know. Again, you can tell us about weeing and the doping thing and then also about, about Lindor chocolate. So Spurs Hope have a 10-year deal. I know we've discussed this on previous podcasts, but Spurs have a 10-year deal that's worth £40 million and they host two regular season matches at the stadium each year. So that isn't the Super Bowl. That's just standard play. As we've said, it'll be a bit like two Premier League um, clubs going out into America or somewhere else. Now, 
the NFL have claimed that the Super Bowl generates up to 300 million for host cities. So the fact is, it would generate up loads of interest at Tottenham all around the world, especially in the US, which is something that they aim to do. So that from a, again, your hands up. My hands up. That wouldn't happen if we do it here because not as many people would go. Also, environment, planes, not good. They shouldn't even be flying over to do their little games at Tottenham Stadium, let alone the Super Bowl. Think about the planet, people. Sorry, continue. No, there you go. Well, I mean, it would, even even though hope it might not look good from that point of view, unfortunately, people at the top don't always care. And so that's probably why they're doing no, it. No, don't. It would be huge for Spurs and their global standing. It would. Of course, lots of football clubs are trying to push their status in the US because the US is the market to crack because then once you're there, you make loads of shirt sales and all that stuff goes up. Anyway, now there are lots of issues and problems that lots of people have already mentioned. And it's not to say that people are going, right, they've got the green light, it's happening because it's not. It's just this is potentially going to happen. Now, the Super Bowl is actually the US's biggest TV event of the year. It's the event that everyone watches, whether you like NFL or not, it's the event that everyone tunes into and does watch. So, of course, having it in London, and by the way, 100 million people watch it, to put it into perspective. It is huge. And that's only in the US. And performances like Eminem, Dr. Dre this year. Yeah, massive. Absolutely massive. So It's a big event. People would have big parties. Oh, it is massive. It's absolutely huge. But obviously, having it in London changes the ball game because you'd have to have a very late kickoff to suit the domestic audience out in the Ameri- out in the US. So that's very complicated for the American TV market. So it looks as if Australia, and I'm throwing a curveball in here, Hope, um, it looks as if Sydney could be hosting it instead. That's There's quite a big possibility there. Now, Ooh. an afternoon kickoff in Sydney would then obviously hit primetime America TV audiences. So that's something they've been weighing up. Rather than having the issue of us, we've got that awkward time zone in between. Because the US and Australia are so far different in terms of time zones, that might work. But again, they're not having it in their own country. And my take on it is that it's great for publicity and for the sport to grow. But I still think it's silly because it really couldn't be going right from 2028. The FA Cup's now going to be moved every single season to Iceland. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, like, let's go for Safari in London. Yeah, it's just silly. It's just really... (laughs) I was going to say as well, Australia have been, I mean... Touch wood. I mean, coronavirus, is it even a thing anymore? Who knows? Uh, yeah, well. According to Boris. Anyway, um, they've been very strict with their who they're letting in the country and who they're not. Yeah. So if there was a peak or anything, that whole thing could be detrimental to people being able to go in the first place. I understand the time zone thing. What makes more sense, though, is just to have it in the normal time zone than it normally is and do a special event maybe at Tottenham. After. Well, they currently do, or, you know, yeah, you know, they do currently, they do have that, those two games a year. And actually the NFL commissioner, who's called Roger Goodall, has actually also announced that Germany will also host one game per season. And that will be the Allianz Arena, which is home to Bayern Munich. That will be starting next season. And then that will then alternate with Frankfurt until 2025. Mexico are also hosting a game in the upcoming season. So there are quite a few different places. But this is the thing, Hope, you've got to think about. And this is something for all people listening on Sports for Dummies. US sport is completely different to the UK sport. And you have to, that's something that has to be understood because I know you could be like, oh, that's rubbish and stuff. In the US, these things are all franchises. You know, there aren't leagues. They don't play in leagues. They're all, it's all about money. It's about drumming in money, like earning cash. They're doing it to boost the revenue of the sport entirely. And there is no interest in fan sake or anything like that. And actually in truth, hope, Lots of people do obviously go to the Super Bowl and, you know, will fly from all over the States and stuff. But most of the time, people can't afford it anyway because it's so expensive. So I can see from one angle, hosting it in a different country solves the issue of um, 
of people having to spend thousands and thousands of dollars say to go in their own country to go but then that will still mean people will come here like it, it's just silly like it doesn't none of it makes sense well it makes it makes more sense now you said that because it is just a business strategy and from tottenham and london's point of view it's just well they don't give a monkeys, monkeys. about the fans yeah. anyway so what difference does it make we can benefit from this so i get that but do we really want to bring that kind of behaviors and values and culture here when we have a different view on sport for the m- most of the time yeah. I know there's obviously money's a big factor in all sports anyway, but less franchisey than than that sounds as though it is. Yeah. I also wonder if if all of these countries want to benefit from American football, why don't we all start doing American football, build teams, make it a national sports in different countries and then have like a world league? Mm. Well, that's a, it's a good question. I hope. And truth is, actually, there is some projection in the UK saying that American football, and they're hoping American football will be a top three sports in the UK by 2030. There is some projection saying that because of the rise in popularity of NFL. And actually, if we brought the Super Bowl here, that would do that, like that would do that tenfold. You know, the sport would absolutely take off. But I agree. I don't think it's right. And for me personally, it'd be the equivalent of having the the FA Cup in a different country or having, I don't know, any any sport that is based in a certain country, whether it's football or basketball, whatever. It's like having the NBA finals, right? Again, a US sport and going, we're going to host all of those in China. That's all to do. It'd be all to do with revenue and earning cash. It's nothing to do with doing it for fun or because they want to mix up. It's to do with money. And that's the difficult part about sport because sport, unfortunately, is a business. Yeah, but it's completely dismissing the fans, but also the players. A lot of players might want to play in their own country. Yeah, exactly. Or if the, as you know, you could you could give an example where let's say someone one of the team players has family members that aren't able to fly for whatever reason, they won't be able to watch them. If it's their one final they ever get to. As an example, you know, we said the Cincinnati bagel, bagels, <laughs> bagels <laughs> weekend. Um, you know, if they have any players that have family members or relatives that aren't able to fly or travel, and this is the one time they will ever see their relative in a final and they can't watch it because it's in a different country. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. also, haven't we learned anything from coronavirus travel restrictions? Like something else, not COVID, something else could happen when this is, say say Australia get it or we get it. Yeah. It's like all, all set to happen. We've got loads of money spent. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And then something happens and people can't travel here. Then what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, 2026 seems like a long way away, but actually in truth, hope it isn't. Because if you look at the last, well, better be two, three years, since COVID has hit, it, the time has absolutely disappeared from our eyes. Like, it's it's evaporated. 2026 is in four years, right? 20, yeah, 26 is four. I'll be 29. And I will be 25. 25? 25, I think. Scary. Right, anyway. That's, that is a daunting thought. <laughs> uh, more scary for me than you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, scary for both of us. But anyway... On that note, that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, um, to these three controversial stories in the world of sport. We hope you had a great week whenever you're listening. Um, And please do let us know. Leave us a review on any of these streaming services you've had, what you've thought of this episode, anything we could improve on, or any news stories that we've missed. Please do let us know at dummies underscore sports on Twitter or sportsfordummiespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and give us a section on TikTok as well, because as we mentioned earlier on, I am going to Liverpool this weekend. Way. I'm going to the stadium, so I'm going to try and get some behind-the-scenes gossip for you. Not gossip. Wow, wow. That <laughs> is a big call. No, some behind-the-scenes footage for you if you've never been um, fortunate enough to go to the stadium. Anyway, on that merry note, Lewis, have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed the wedding. 
Thank you very much. Hope I will have a great time at Anfield and I hope you look forward to giving a wave to Mo Salah and all the gang. I will. Just to clarify, Lewis is going to a wedding this, this weekend. He's not getting married himself. No, no, I'm not getting married. No, I'm going no, I'm to sure it won't be. I'm sure it won't be long until he does. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Daisy. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye, friends. <laughs>